gather for prayer if you're brave. Uh, we'll do it here at the church unless somebody volunteers their place. Six o'clock tonight, we'll gather for prayer. Okay? Uh, I don't think any bad weather starts till tomorrow night. And I'm sorry. Uh, it's the kid in me that uh, started crying the other day almost when I heard about it was possibly snowing. And, um, and I told Pete, I said, I'm praying that if it's going to be bad and people shut in for a couple of days, Lord, you might as well make it a good one. Plus, I bought my sled. I, I'm talking by faith. I've got it stored up in, I've got it ready. I'm not kidding. Huh? <laughs> Great question. <laughs> I'm trying to re- me either, but I do know on our hill, big snows before over the years, uh, a number of mailboxes were taken out on the way down. (laughs) But I do recall as well, I was quite a bit younger then (laughs) in those days. But I do have my sled, my sled ready. Uh, So tonight, 6 o'clock, and then Aaron's staff is this coming weekend. Bobby, you want to say anything about any meetings this week that were planned? I, I know tomorrow night, Wednesday night. Tomorrow night, I don't think the, I don't think there's any bad weather till after ten o'clock. So, means I'll have to stay up late and watch. It. Uh, man, y'all pray for the pastor. <laughs> We're doubling our prayers for the pastor. Um, all right, thank you very much. Now, one more thing before we get into the teaching. Uh, all these tables. The reason I, I mentioned it at the very beginning of the service, but there, we just waited to take down everything till we could get more hands here to help us. <laughs> instead of all of it falling on a few people or fewer people. So after the service, if you will, we need somebody to go down the garage, bring the table cart up here, and uh, we'll load up all the tables. And then once that's done, we'll check the flooring, but it looks pretty good. Uh, it's amazing, though, what I find on the floor. Sometimes I've, I find various places there's people clipping their fingernails and their fingernail clippings on the floor. And You think I'm kidding. Uh, I'm going, uh, what, what is this? <laughs> um, uh, m- often, and anyway, check the floor, and then we'll need to get all the chairs back and situated as normal uh, for the Hispanic service. So thank you. If you can stay and help us, if you can't, totally understand, but, uh, well, partially understand. <laughs> um, after the service. So <laughs> thank you. I'm glad somebody does. It's great. Uh, Ruta calls me a crazy boy, but anyway. If you have a Bible, let's go to Revelation chapter 1 again. Revelation 1, verses 4 through 7. Today. to the text, start naming folks that aren't here today, get your go to call and check on and pray for this week, ready, go. Yeah, keep. I can't hear you. Yep. 
Serena, James Robbins. Look, all these folks aren't here today. Anybody else? Are we skipping anybody? All right. Beautiful. Now, take 30 seconds, pray for these folks, and then say, Lord, use me this week. Maybe it'll be a blessing to them. Burl, keep going. Father, we lift up our church before you, all of the fellowship and the family, and uh, some of these now have been missing a couple weeks, and we just ask you, Lord, to send them strong encouragement, intervene in their situation, heal their bodies, bless their lives, and lead us as your people as we minister to one another, uh, not just here today, but throughout this week coming. To keep everyone safe, we pray, uh, in every way through this week. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Revelation chapter 1, verse 4 says, John to the Cornerstone Church that is in uh, Alabama. Uh, You didn't know that was in there, did you? (laughs) Uh, There are some things that we need from the Lord if we're going to be able to function uh, this year, and not just function, but actually thrive and endure and make it. There are two factors, and these we hear them all the time, and we read over them too, too quickly. But it's grace, grace to you, and peace from him who is, who was, and who is to come. And from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, the ruler of the kings of the earth. Which reminds me of a gal that we, over Christmas, Rhoda and I sent a Christmas card to um, a widow who is a former pastor's wife of a friend of mine for over 35 years who pastored a Free Will Baptist church in Centerpoint, Alabama. And he uh, died a horrible death through covid and he ended up in the hospital, and the whole process of them, him dying, was horrible. And he was only 72 years old. And uh, matter of fact, he was one of the one of those from that denomination that I was in for years that actually continued connecting or reaching out to me. He was here in 2019 at mom's funeral, and it was that kind of a guy. And a sweet spirit, loved the Lord. And uh, he passed away at UAB. And uh, after being on a ventilator for so many days, and he just drowned to death. And I'm just, I'm, you know, I just, you know. Anyway, his, we sent his wife a card. But um, she had, uh, I think, lived all of her life in Alabama. But uh, she wrote us and was just so appreciative of, of, uh, of receiving the card. And she said, but I've now moved to Oklahoma. And she said, of course, my children are there, my grandchildren are there. But she said, my church is so great. And she said, I want you to know I have such peace in my heart. The overwhelming peace of God is with me. And that was one of the last comments she made. And see, you can't buy that with money. That kind of tranquility, that kind of calmness, that kind of quietness of soul that we need in this hour. We need in this hour. And that through all the storms of life that y'all been through and many others, but whatever's coming down the pike uh, in this country this year and around the world, let alone what may personally we encounter, uh, uh, even in the cause of Christ, I'm just telling you, you need, I need the grace of God and peace from our Father and from the Holy Spirit and from Jesus Christ, who, and it identifies him as the faithful witness, which means that even this year, you can count on his word, okay, and his faithfulness. And then he is the firstborn of the dead, 
And that just simply means he's the highest, the greatest, the foremost of all who have been raised from the dead or whoever will be raised from the dead, which also tells me that my labor, can you say my labor? Make it personal to you. My labor is not in vain in the Lord. Because he who is, because I've already been raised to life, but then one day he's going to take this body and he's going to give me a new and raise me up. And um, I'm just telling you, uh, there are rewards, as I told you, on this side of eternity, but there are great rewards, greater rewards on the other side of eternity. And our labor is not in vain in the Lord. And he is the foremost of all who have been raised from the dead. And he is the ruler of the kings of the earth. Now, whether that means prophetically about what is to come while he rules here and sets up his throne in Jerusalem on the throne of his father, David, uh, in the near future, I believe, you know, which I also acknowledge is a 1,000-year reign of the Messiah. But whether that means that and or as us as kings uh, ruling over our lives, and, um, which is the great call today, I think Butch prayed that we have a greater surrender to him than we've ever known before because he is the ruler of the kings of the earth and uh, actually I, I should say more about that and let, let me say that right here if you're still listening and that is the fact that we are called the ecclesia I don't know if you've heard that word or not but that's an old Greek word that was very familiar in the days of the Greeks and the Romans and it, it just meant that they were uh, they were called out assemblies uh, and I'm I copied something from Warren Wiersbe here. They were, they were called out assemblies um, actually to do the work of managing government. And here's what he says. The church is called God's called out assembly. Are you a part of that? By the way, church is a, uh, I think it's a word that came from the Germans, Kirk, and it got translated into church and how all this developed uh, etymology. What's the word etymologically? That was impressive, wasn't it? Uh, the Greek word, though, is, the old Greek word is ekklesia, and it's a word, uh, they applied it to their own local assemblies, listen, that transacted public business in free cities. So there were unions and guilds and other uh, departments and agencies of government, and they were called ekklesias. So it was not a strange word, okay, back then. The ecclesia was made up of qualified citizens who were called out for the purpose of managing the affairs of the government. I'm going, whoa. So are you a part of God's called out assembly? So is he ruler of the kings of the earth? Are we part of a kingdom? Yes, we are. So God is looking to us to manage the affairs <laughs> of his governmental system unless I'm missing it, okay? And we do have authority to do some things, okay? Now, the key with that is, is that you don't use the authority God has given you through Jesus Christ just when you want to use it or what you want to do with it. Because we're supposed to be, if you want authority, as we've taught, you've got to be what? Under authority. So our authority, like the Father's, like the Lord's authority, was under the leadership of the Father, and our authority that we use, whether overcoming the world's ideas and philosophies and systems or overcoming the flesh or overcoming the satanic things or overcoming, uh, at times, maybe even disease and, and, uh, and death and disasters and whatever, even in the natural. But it's, like, it's not like you command it when you want to. It's, Lord, what do you, how do you want me to use this authority you've given me in this hour? I am under your authority I've got authority, I'm under your authority. Lord, how do you want me to use it? Okay? He is, who is Jesus Christ? He is the faithful witness. He is the firstborn, the foremost of those who have been raised from the dead. And he is the ruler of the kings of the earth. And all of this, so from the Father and from the Holy Spirit and from Jesus Christ, you get these two factors that we're going to need this year. One is grace, the other is this peace. So what do you find in the next verse? It says in the next statement, to him, to him, 
Okay, we've got some things from him, and now we're going to get some things. Now he's going to receive some things. To him, there's a change. Well, but the descriptions keep coming. To him who does what? Who? Oh, you're not excited about that. How many of you are, are really thrilled about that? We sang about it all morning. <laughs> so. I am more overwhelmed and blessed by the love of Jesus Christ for me right now than I ever have been in my whole life. And for years, I had it up here. Then I had to get it translated to here. And now he's even taken it to a deeper place. I'm talking about my testimony. Okay. And by the way, you have to know that Jesus, well, we sang it, is on our side. He loves us. And that's what it, the description there is. To him who loves us. By the way, in the Greek, real impressive here, that's in the present tense, which means he loves and he keeps, keeps on loving us. He loves and he keeps on loving us. He loves and he keeps on loving us. Okay? Because there may come a day under a temptation or a trial, I don't know, hope not, but you may question that. Will you look at your neighbor and say, I don't want you to ever question the love of Jesus. The love of Jesus. Of course, proven at the cross. Proven by the Spirit whom he's given us. But day by day, proven to me. Um, there's something to him now. No wonder we sang, I surrender today. There's something to him. We have, we have two great factors from him. But now there's something to him. To him who loves us. And, New American Standard Version says, released us from our sins by his blood. Anybody here excited about that? Now, other versions, like King James Version, say washed us from our sins sins uh, I know we sang the song that said we were washed in water but uh, this says we are washed we are washed by his blood okay well you say Tim why are there versions that say washed by his washed from our sins by the way anybody here clean today I mean I took an earthly shower natural shower this morning but uh uh but I'm talking about cleansed conscience, cleansed inside, <laughs> okay? Uh, washed in the blood of the Lamb. I love that old hymn. You say, why, why this version has that, but your version has released? Well, somebody, probably in transcribing the Bible over the centuries, you know, there are multitudes of manuscripts that are ancient manuscripts that have been found and discovered that prove the trustworthiness of Scripture. You can know with confidence. And most, some of those versions, if you put them all together, they're 90, what, 98.5% accurate, all of them together, all the thousands upon thousands that have been found and discovered by archaeology, they have been found and they're 98.5% correct. Shout to the Lord. You can have confidence in what this, what you're reading, okay? But somewhere, somebody transcribed because a lot of the, a lot of the manuscripts have this. Now I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw, I'm gonna throw this at you, okay? This, there's this word called lusanti. Everyone together? <laughs> lusanti. Sounds Italian. Well, let me spell this word for you, transliterating it into English. It's L-O-U-S-A-N-T-I. Like Mary Lou or Skip to Malou, Lou, Lou Santi. Okay? Well, that's the word for washed in Greek. Well, what's the other word? In some of these other manuscripts is the word lusanti. L-U-S-A-N-T-I. Well, what's the difference? 
Say it again. The O. L-O-U-S-A-N-T-I. L-U-S-A-N-T-I. Well, what's lusanti mean? To, to be released. <laughs> to loose. Because luo is the Greek word. I told you I had to take a test in college. You had to pass. You had, there were 265 different, 260 forms of this one word luo. Okay? With all the subjugations and conjugations and everything else. And you had, you could make, you had to, you had to get within five mistakes. In other words, even an accent mark if you didn't get the accent mark right on the word was a mistake and you couldn't all it you can only have five mistakes on that whole thing to get into second year greek i was up all night long oh heavenly father and i got this big old chart and i mean it's this big and it's got the word luo on it which means to loose but there's 260 different forms of this word and i know you think language is just a all we know is y'all and ain't and na da da da. No, language is very sophisticated. I want you to know I got five mistakes, not six, and I passed. It could go into second year Greek. Oh, the torment of college, of university. Um, So the point is, somewhere along the way, somebody in a, in a translation left the Omicron out. That's the O, left the Omicron out, and it became L-U-S-A-N-T-I. So come to find out, most of the manuscripts have Lusanti in it, washed. Some of the manuscripts, but some of the most reliable, have Lusanti in it. But you know what? Either one of those, it doesn't matter because they're both scriptural. He's washed us from our sins. Hallelujah, by his blood, shout to the Lord. Or he, has, he, or he has released us, freed us from our sins. All of its guilt, all of its shame, all of its penalty, all of its He's released us from our sins. So see, it's not a problem for me. <laughs> okay. I just understand where, what happened, where it came from, and what's going on here. So I'm Lusanti, or I'm Lusanti. Are you Lusanti? <laughs> I should title this message Lusanti. <laughs> to him we haven't got to the to him yet to him who has released us or to who loves us and who has released us washed us whatever your version says it's right <laughs> from our sins by his blood and then the next statement well in mine is like a dash there verse 6 and he has made us a kingdom. King James Version says kings. <coughs> kings. He's made us kings. I don't have a problem with that because I know that with Jesus Christ here and his authority in my life, I am, uh, one of my favorite verses, Romans 5, 17, I get to reign in life by Jesus Christ. That's marvelous. You know what? which is what Tracy was testifying to last week. You know, the fear, the anxiety, all this stuff. Remember what she said at the end of the service or what I said to you about her. <laughs> that, uh, you know, she still has anxious moments, but she said, anxiety and panic stuff does not rule me anymore. You follow me? See? It doesn't mean you won't have anxious moments. It's just be anxious for nothing. But by prayer, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And so, instead of being ruled and dominated by, she's free and now ruling. Y'all applaud. Yay, praise God, Tracy. Praise God, yay. Is that you? Is that me? I get to rule with Christ and reign. I don't ignore my experiences. I don't ignore my emotions. Um, but I don't have to let my emotions dominate me or rule me. I don't ignore them. Thank God for them. But I get to, I'm, I'm learning to rule. I'm learning to reign. What's one of the gifts of the Spirit? Self-control. 
Yeah. And then over other situations as well. I'm sorry. He can pray that prayer. He can pray for an hour that God's going to not let it storm much. And I can pray the other way. <laughs> Just come to my house because at Pete's there won't be any snow. My house there will be about 10 inches. Okay. <laughs> Praise, praise the Lord. Okay, we haven't got to the to him yet, but uh, um, he has made us a kingdom. But he has also made us priests to his God and Father, who is now our God and Father. He's made us priests. Now, this is not exhaustive. I can't go into a long dissertation about everything about priests and how you become a priest and the process of priests and I would encourage you to go look it up which I doubt any of you will but I would just say it anyway go read Exodus 29 and read about you know Aaron and his sons and how they became priests and the process they went through to become priests the privileges they do they had as priests by the way in the original from what from what I read in Exodus 19 God wanted all of Israel in the beginning to be a whole kingdom of priests is that correct in your reading of course they rejected that so God made a certain tribe uh, a certain family to be priests and uh, but today all of us who are in Messiah we are what we're priests so what I can do today is quickly if you're taking notes give you this list not of six things or eight things but seven things as priests we're to do okay and I'm going to challenge you to do those this year okay and not to belabor the point but here it is. So, number one, keep the fire going on the altar of your heart. One of the priest's jobs, certain priests, they had responsibility. The fire, the, the altar of a burnt offering uh, out in the courtyard, they had to keep the wood on it. They had to keep it lit. They had to keep it going. And, this, okay, how do you apply that today as priests? The fire of our hearts is an altar. And, Lord, let me keep the fire going. So there are some things that would help put out your fire. So stop doing those things and start engaging in things that will keep the fire burning in your soul. Stay on fire for God. <laughs> okay? Number two. Number two is the regular cleansing. What is that? Of course, at the courtyard, they had a laver, and the priests would go, and they would wash at least their hands, if not their feet. Okay? And they would do it before they ever entered into the tabernacle. And so we've been cleansed by his blood. Initially, we have salvation, right? But how about daily cleansing? Okay, they would do this daily. This is a life of sanctification and uh, where we would come and say, so, Lord, wash me anew, wash me and clean me. Or, or maybe there's some specific thing you have to admit to him or to tell to him. It's just a regular cleansing on a daily basis before God. Number three, Here's the third thing, if you're taking notes. How about burning the incense? Well, um, and I didn't give Bobby this, but Bobby, will you look up Psalm 141? Psalm 141, verse 1 and 2. <clears throat> when they would go in, of course, the altar of incense on the inside before the veil, uh, they would offer up the incense, and they would um, do this morning and evening. Well, what's that mean? Well, just so morning and evening, you're engaging in prayer. And we realize... Uh, Here's what Psalm 141, 1-2 says. Um, says, O Lord, I call up on you. Anybody here do that? So hasten to me. Okay? Of course, he's with us all the time. Give ear to my voice when I call to you. Verse 2, then says, May my prayer be counted as incense before you. The lifting up of my hands as the evening offering. So when you pray, it's just like the sweet-smelling aroma and favor, a flavor of God to God is a rising up when you pray. They rising up as incense. And this is confirmed, of course, in the New Covenant writings as well. How thrilling. So here we are. Keep the fire going on your heart. Do regular cleansing. Number three, burn your incense morning and evening. That is called prayer. And then number four, are there any priests here today? Yes. By the way, you don't have to come through me to get to God. Praise the Lord. I don't want that responsibility. <laughs> That's the high priest, Jesus Christ. And, um, and it's just, I, the fun for me is to get to help train priests. That's exciting. That's exciting. And so, number four, trim the lamps. Well, what's that mean? Well, in the morning, the, the menorah, 
Now, if you don't know the Bible, if you're not familiar with the Old Testament, this, that's the sad part because you're not going to fully understand what I'm saying right now. But, you know, the menorah, the seven-branched uh, candlestick with the seven lamps of fire, and they would, um, you know, in the morning, they would trim the wicks, and then, you know, they would put oil in for the morning or evening, and they would keep this lamp burning how often? Yes, 24 hours, which to me, though, is the work of the, it represents the illumination, the work of the Holy Spirit, and, uh, you know, it's a witness to the world, the light that is shining, and uh, you know what? Churches were considered to be lampstands of God. Matter of fact, we can come down and just say, your life is a lampstand of God, a witness, okay, the light shining in the Spirit of God working in and through your life, and so that's number four here to... Um, uh, be sensitive and remain uh, uh, to the Holy Spirit of God. Uh, remember the song I sing a lot? Well, not a lot, but I learned it when I was a kid, but I've sung it many times. But you cannot, I got to say that because after you've been here as many years as I have, just, okay, you know, give me oil in my lamp, keep me burning, burning, burning. Give me oil in my lamp, I pray, hallelujah. Give me oil in my lamp, keep me burning, burning, burning. Keep me burning till the break of day, the day of the Lord. And what do you do? Sing Hosanna, sing Hosanna, sing Hosanna to the King of Kings. Sing Hosanna, sing Hosanna, sing Hosanna to the King. Ah. So that's what we're talking about. So as priests, by the way, I get to give you this presentation. You get to learn it on your own as well. And when I'm done, it's like I don't have to be responsible. Well, I, in a way I do, but I, I, I'll reinforce it. But the information you're getting today is between you and God and what you do with it. I don't want to stand in your shoes. When you stand before God, with what you do with this. By the way, I'm a steward of information. And I'm giving it to you. Well, what do you do with the information? <laughs> they say that most people, all the knowledge they learn, most Americans, they only apply 20% of it in, in any of their lifetime. It's tragic. Been there. Uh, priest, 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 which simply means then that, well, before I get to that one, you get to eat the bread because in the tabernacle is the show bread or the bread of the presence. And uh, so I get to feed on Christ himself. And what do you mean by that, Tim? Well, his words are spirit and they are life. And I get to feast on him where his words are. Okay, and man, I get nurtured. <laughs> and uh, how wonderful that is. And uh, you get to feast on Jesus. Um, I am the bread of life, he said. And then um, number, I forgot what number on, seven, six. Number six, here it is. You know, the high priest got to go beyond the veil <laughs> into the very presence of God in the Holy of Holies, in the sanctuary, the sanctuary of sanctuaries. And you know what? Because of his sacrifice and that the veil was torn in two and his access to the Father, you know what? I'm a part of Jesus, so I got access to the Father. How about you? Which means I get to live beyond the veil. I know some of you think I'm nuts. Maybe some of you, on, hopefully not you, but some of you listening to me on Facebook. That, you know, because I tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm here, but he's here with me, but I'm there, okay? And I'm not talking about in the way I probably shouldn't use, like one evangelist going around the country says, I've been to heaven so many times. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not talking about that, but I have an eternal awareness and presence of my life in the, in, before the throne of God. And which God is assisting me right now. He's helping me. And if you know who you are as a son, no longer a slave, as a heir, 
Let's stop and think about this. As a new covenant servant, which we preached about the last month, and now what we have in Messiah, knowing who you are as priests. Now, I'm not just talking to older people here. I'm talking to young people who know Christ. And it's no longer like uh, growing up perhaps as a Catholic. It's no longer like you have to go through a priest to get to God. You are a priest who now through the high priest Jesus Christ, you have personal access to God yourself. God says, God says, Beth, come on in. Which you, you have. Come and shout to the Lord. She'd been in two other churches. I'm not talking about Roman Catholic. I'm talking about other churches since then. It wasn't until she got here that she gave her heart to the Lord. Come on. That got it settled and got saved. Come on. And growing and maturing and leading a ministry now. Come on. Y'all put your hands together for, for Beth over here. Come on. Come on. By the way, I'm, I'm going to instruct you. You got to get more excited and cheerful for your other people. I mean, if it's Marilyn, I mean, if it's Beth, I mean, if it's Daniel and Renee, whoever it is, uh, in the various ministries that you are engaged in, all of you. Um, so uh, let me, let, will you say this, let me be your biggest cheerleader. Now say it like you mean it. <laughs> I should have you stand up and look at each other because that's what we're talking about by the way, the pastor needs a cheerleader too. I just, I need, I need it. I know, I know I have God, the cheerleader. But, and, and I tell the pastors, when we do our, I've told you, but when we meet together in Elhelina, I tell I'm praying for you. I've cried out to God this week for the pastors and their families and their ministries. And I tell them, I am your biggest cheerleader. I want Butch to know it. I want Daniel to know it. I want Seth to know it. Daniel and Seth are both going to preach here and I'm hoping Butch will preach for us maybe in the month of February unless you've got plans <laughs> and, uh, but and by the way don't get bothered if I preach less and other people are preaching more um, God's called me to oversee God's called me to help cheerlead you, develop ministries do all this stuff and I don't have to do all the preaching all the time These are anointed men, gifted men. They hear from God. I'm just announcing to you, I'm not going to be doing all the preaching. Okay? There's just new things coming. Y'all say that. There's new th in the Lord. New things coming in the Lord. Um, number seven. So as priests then, we get to offer up spiritual sacrifices to God. Like, like what? Like Hebrews chapter 13, 5 and 6, you know, we're offering up praises and thanksgivings to God. That's an offering. We're, we're, we're uh, doing good deeds, good works, and we're sharing. We're giving, we're sharing. By the way, every time you give money, resources, whatever you're doing, this is offering, like offering up to God. Uh, and you know I don't believe in tithing around here. Uh, you know what? Since we've abandoned tithing, our offerings are, 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 they're great. Because you're giving from your heart. You're giving what you want to give. And, uh, and even if the resources, if we have abundant resources, and we do right now, I, you'll hear the report next week, and you can say, oh, well, I can slack off my giving. Then you got a, you got a heart problem. Come on. Because the way you've been giving, we're able to do so much more. If I could just tell you, and what's coming. By the way, we're looking at buying modular buildings. You need to pray with us. We're even considering whether the Lord wants us to stay here or not. Come on, talk to me. God, what are you in? What are you doing? And, uh, and with various ministries and things that God's developing and raising up, which is so exciting. By the way, get engaged in the ministry. Lord, show me what my ministry is. Show what I'm to do. Um, those are the seven things. We haven't got to the message yet. Uh, uh, well, we have, but we've been talking about the factors that we have from him. But now there are some things. Go back to Revelation, Bobby. But now we are talking about 
there, there's something to him. Okay? To him, and specifically here, the reference is Jesus Christ. Here's what it says, to him who loves us and released us or washed us from our sins by his blood, and he has made us a kingdom, priest to his God and Father. What is it, Tim? To him! And it says be, but it's in italics, and I put, to him, and here's the word, is the glory. All the honor, all the praise, all the renown, everything goes to Messiah, goes to Jesus our Lord. To him be or is the glory and the dominion. Dominion there is the Greek word kratos. Well, where do you get that from? Uh, well, what's that mean, kratos? Well, have you ever heard of the word crater? That's the English word. And as I've taught you before, you know, it's like a meteorite falling through the sky. Somewhere out in Arizona, there's this big, with this, where this meteor impacted, there's this big, huge valley, big, huge impression in the ground. Now, see, why, why do we call it crater? Because it represents might, like a meteor falling from the sky, and it impacts the earth and dents the earth, and the power of just what it does to the, to the earth, that's the idea. To him who is mighty, how mighty is Jesus Christ? Say it. He's almighty. Kratos, it means dominion. It does mean dominion. It means overcoming power, dominating power. Let me read Ruling power. See, you got to know who he is in the days ahead. Even when it looks like the other side, quote unquote, may be winning. I told the class, the group downstairs, that the Department of Homeland Security has labeled you not just domestic terrorists, but they've broken it down into three categories. There are domestic terrorists in the United States who are misinforming people. You are misinformation people. There are domestic terrorists that are disinformation people. And that's doing it on purpose, deceiving people, quote unquote, of what the government doesn't think you ought to be saying. What kind of terrorist? Misinformation terrorists, disinformation terrorists, and then mal, M-A-L, like malware, malinformation terrorists. Well, who are them people? Does anyone here believe me? Do you acknowledge it? Do you understand the seriousness of this? What's a malinformed person or a malinforming person? It's me. What are you doing? It's those who will try to expose the truth of a, real, of a situation when the whole world is living in unrealities and in darkness and in blindness and falsehoods on every level. And if you try to reveal the truth, you are a malinforming person and you are on our watch list. Mentally ill. Are you listening? I don't know if they'll touch me this year or you or who they're going to touch. By the way, wasn't going to say this. Side note, go to the Epic Times, listen to the January 6th videos, the truth about January 6th, listen to part one, it's rather lengthy. Listen to part two, it was also about an hour and 23 minutes. Now, I don't have time to sit and listen to those at one time, but I listen to them, and I pick it back up. I listen to them while I'm getting dressed. I listen to them while I'm whatever, you know, I, I carry it around in my pocket, and I'm just, if I'm doing something else, I get to listen to it because I don't have time just to sit there and listen. Some of you do do that. I challenge you to go listen to those two videos if you're brave. It is a privilege today. To preach to the malinformed. To him is my life. To him I surrender all. To him is the glory. 
and the overruling power of all powers shout to the Lord. All authority has been given unto me, he said, in heaven and earth. And you got to know this. And how long? Forever and ever unto the ages of the ages. Amen. All right. Felt like the Lord wanted me to throw in one more verse if you got another moment. There are moments when the audience goes, I think that was a good place for him to end. Because I've been in the audience and said that to myself. Can I leave you with one more verse? Behold, he is coming with the clouds. That's straight out of the book of Daniel, chapter 7. With the clouds, and I am telling you today, every eye will see him. And I have come to understand that the Lord opened me up last night to this fact in adding this to the message that he is not talking about every eye that's living right now. He's talking about the eyes of all those who have perished. He's talking about the eyes of those like that have, that have gone to hell. Luke 16, Lazarus couldn't see into the place called Hades, but the rich man who was there could see beyond into the great gulf and see what he missed. And I'm telling you, every eye in hell will see him. Come on. Every eye will see him even those who pierced him. Go read Zechariah 12.10 in relation to Israel. And all the tribes of the earth. Not just, it's like, what did I tell you? Uh, how, many, how many tribes in Tanzania? 100 and, 127, I think I heard sometimes. See, not just one nation like Tanzania, or just not like America. You know how many Indian tribes there were in Alabama? Anybody know Choctaw, Creeks, um, Chickasaw? Uh, there are four C's. Well, Creeks, uh, what, huh? Cherokee that we just named for and then of course down toward Florida's the Seminoles But did you know that even among the creeks there were sub tribes? The Muscogee creeks are the ones that basically are on the east side of Alabama. By the way, they're still around I'm just trying to point it to you. He's not just talking about states and nations. He's talking about every single tribe of people And all the tribes of the earth will mourn over him And some in the in the scriptures it says it will mourn bitterly. Here's what I want to leave you with. So it is to be. Amen. Some versions say yes, some say indeed, some say King James says even so. Even so it is to be. By the way, you either believe this or you don't. And if you believe it, it will impact your life. Yeah. To him. Now, let me ask you as we close. Is your life to him? I want my life. My life is of him. Born of the spirit. With life from above. And I realize that my life is through him. Y'all get this? By the way, whether it's Beth or Marilyn, whether it's Daniel and Renee, whether it's Tim and Rhoda through Aaron's staff, and we're just the heads of these different ministries, or whether it's through Susan with the, the ladies group on Thursday morning, or whoever's going to lead the ministry, those who are working with children. By the way, Katie's sick and not here today. She's ill. Ministry has to be through him. What's the final part of that verse in Romans 11? It's got to be to him. To him. Is your life to him? Is it to him? There's a reason why Revelation 1 was preached last Sunday and this Sunday at the beginning of the year. Because I needed it. I needed it.
let's stand to our feet. May we close you with a song that is this scripture? I'm all about that. Let me pray. While we're standing in that, we pray. Y'all minister. By the way, you need to come tell the Lord something? Come tell him. You need to pre surrender? Surrender. You need to go to another step with God? Come and surrender. You need prayer for something else? We're here to pray for you. And I don't want to shut down ministry at the close of the service. If you're brave enough to let people come pray for you. Father God, we thank you for the family of God. Thank you for every young person that's here today. Every older person, those in between. Thank you for these fresh and wonderful, thrilling reminders of what we get from you that we need this year. But now as we turn around our lives and they are to you, and Lord, we are standing here afresh and anew with a fresh surrender, a fresh trust, a fresh consecration, a fresh praise. All glory be yours. It is yours. And one day every eye is going to behold your glory and your ruling power. Blessed be your name with your heads bowed. Kathy, girls, go ahead. Tell the Lord anything you need to tell him.